In today's episode, we're going to cover the five most important things to consider before sponsoring a podcast. So if you've ever wanted to sponsor a podcast and you're a little bit scared, you don't really know what to look for, this episode should solve that for you. Welcome everyone to the Partner Up Profits Podcast. I'm your host, Joey Viancourt, a former introverted small towner who now adds value to businesses by sharing the most effective ways to grow and scale using affiliate and influencer partnership strategies. I'll share the lessons I've learned over the past 15 years while helping my clients generate more than 100 million in sales. We'll also dive into productivity hacks, mindset, and the newest trends from real case studies and expert interviews. You're just one partnership away from changing your business. So get ready, partner up, and profit. Let's get into it. Before we get started, though, my name is Joey Valencourt. For over the past 15 years, I've helped businesses scale using partnership marketing strategies and podcast advertising being one of those. Before we get started, make sure to hit the subscribe button, like, share, comment, all of these feedback into future episodes, and I appreciate the support. With that being said, though, let me back up and make sure you understand where I'm coming from. So by no means am I an expert, nor is anybody really an expert. I think we just continue to test, learn, grow, evolve, which is one of the core values that I live by these days. And it's not until after you've sponsored over hundreds of shows and you've experienced 10,000s of ads going live for your business, for your clients and the people you're working with, that you start to uncover success principles. And podcast advertising is still fairly new in this industry and we're all still learning how it applies as well as how it's relevant to your business. So today, my goal is to give you five universal strategies on how to evaluate or understand what shows you're going to sponsor and should you do that or not. There's a great quote that I want to frame this episode with is, as Warren Buffett wisely said, a risk comes from not knowing what you're doing. Okay, so before you invest, understand that knowledge is your best asset. And these little five, 10 minute episodes are designed exactly for that, to add value and give you some frameworks for you and your team to use. Now, let's go and get into the five most important things to consider, as well as one bonus tip that I have for everybody that wants to get serious about scaling to a seven and eight figure marketing channel using podcast ads. So the first thing I would consider when looking at a podcast show. Who else is advertising on the show? Now, this sounds obvious. Of course, you're going to check this. But what I'm looking for is, are the direct competitors sponsoring this show? Yes. Then do they have exclusivity rights? Are they still sponsoring the show? And is there room for you to sponsor in addition to them? How close and how similar are the products? Because you have something else called affinity brands, or what I like to refer to as harmonized brands or harmonized audience or products, meaning your product is perfectly positioned for that audience, but the other products being displayed for advertising on that particular show are not the exact same thing, but it's the same category of audience who would benefit from your particular product. So if you have a sleep product and someone has blue light blocking glasses, that would be an affinity brand to you, but not a compete brand. But number one thing is to make sure that you understand who's advertising and if there's room for you to advertise it, if it makes sense with the other brands and other products being advertised on the show. Number two, how much advertising is present on the show? Now, again, this you have to become a fan of these podcast shows. You have to actually digest, listen, or at the very least have somebody on your team doing this. Because what I wanna know is, are there other advertisers doing this? And how much? Because how much is gonna dictate the success you're gonna have in advertising? If somebody's never advertised before, and their audience isn't saturated and listening to ads all the time. 
However, if somebody's been around for 20 years and they're selling off more sponsored placements, meaning they're not just selling pre-roll, mid-roll, and ad rolls, they're actually selling multiples of these. Well, that particular skip button when it comes to listening to ads is getting demolished and smashed on that show. <laughs> if that's the case, you don't want to put yourself into a show in a lineup, even if it sounds like a great particular podcast to be sponsoring. So just keep that in mind. And you can usually get a gut feeling on what the sense is when you're listening to a show and if you think that there's too many ads. But definitely you want to know the show and how much advertising they're currently doing. And there are some tools you can use to see this in an automated way. But a bootstrap way is just to listen to the episode or get somebody on, on your team to do it and then report back to you. Number three, are they mission-based or are they transactional podcasts? Now, I'm talking podcasts today, but really we're talking partnerships. Now, partnerships is at the end of the day, how is partner ABC, John or Sally doing? They might have a podcast. They might have a social channel. At the end of the day, they might be doing a combination of all different promos. But what I want to know is, are they a mission-based partner or are they a transactional partner? A mission-based partner cares about what they're promoting. They are interested. They want to try the product. They're also interested in getting performance for you, the brand or the company. Transactional, they don't care. They want to cash a check. They maybe want to move on because they have so many other partners that they could sponsor or get sponsors from. So you really want to understand that. And typically when you're going through the onboarding phase with a partner, it'll have some leading indicators as to who they are. But I would nine times out of 10, go after the mission-based partners. And there's some very strategic questions you can ask. And we're going to get into some of those in a second here. But just start to understand, do you feel like they're transactional? Meaning they just want a paycheck from you. They don't care about the product, which is not what you want. Or are they mission-based? What are their core values? If you go to their site, if you listen to their podcast, their show, get in their ecosystem, get in the conversation, what are they talking about? And do you feel like it's a mission-based thing? Or is it just a content strategy and a monetization strategy? And they don't really care about the sponsors, but they do care about the cash. So make sure to understand both. Both do play a part in a monetization strategy, but in my opinion, mission-based lasts longer and your efforts go a lot further whenever you're working with those types of partners. Number four, reviews and customer testimonials. This one is really important. So the first thing I would do when looking at a podcast beyond listening to it is look at the actual reviews of the podcast. Now, as we all know, podcast reviews can be inflated by both buying people to do it as well as getting friends to vote on it and to review it and to leave feedback. But what I'm looking for, especially with seasoned older podcasts that have been around for a while, are there reviews saying there's way too many ads, which I will tell you right now, if you go through some reviews, some of the shows, there are instances where it says, this guy never stops talking about ads. This girl runs ads all the time. I'm so sick of the ads. Please stop the ads. Okay. So if that's the case, I'm not going to probably sponsor that show. All right. So just move on immediately. The other thing I'm looking at though, is what are the engagement factors in those reviews that is causing them to leave positive reviews? Is it that they love the topics and are the topics congruent with what you want to talk about? Now, the other way you could look at it are YouTube comments. What are they talking about in the YouTube comment section? Again, are they talking about too many ads? Are they talking about endorsements? Is it a negative environment or is it a positive experience when you're reading reviews in general across the board? So YouTube being one of them, podcast platforms being another, and then of course their website. 
their website is going to be the telltale sign, provided they have products or something they're selling that allows for reviews to come into their ecosystem of their shop site or the e-com site. But they're customers at this point. Hopefully, they're leaving good reviews. So again, state of the obvious on a lot of these things, but make sure to check across the board as well as analyze it yourself. What are people's general demeanors when it comes to working with this partner or being within the environment of that particular partner's world? Is it positive? Is it uplifting? Or is it negative and pessimism? And again, who you associate with is going to dictate the results you get and the experience you have with those customers. Okay. If you've ever been interested in leveling up in partnership marketing, including affiliate and influencer marketing, as well as developing stronger partnerships and making better connections, then I want to invite you to check out partnerofprofits.com. It's a passion project dedicated to helping you simplify your business and personal life by giving you access to done-for-you templates, blueprints, and systems related to partnership marketing that you can instantly start to use and see results from. I've always been a systems guy, and the beauty of systems is that it takes the guesswork out of the process and gives you a plan that you can use immediately while saving you time and effort. So you'll get access to free training and courses on everything partnership marketing related to level up your knowledge. And because I have a soft spot for the boots on the ground folks out there who are expected to get more done in less time using less money, the systems I'm giving you are based on a bootstrap budget so you don't need to spend thousands of dollars right out of the gate. Just go to partnerupprofits.com and sign up through my free course to get my productivity toolbox, which includes templates for scorecards, objective planning, relationship tracking templates, productivity hacks, opportunity calculators, time blocking templates, and a whole bunch more cheat sheets being added regularly that will totally transform you into a partnership marketing expert and productivity ninja. You can also get access to the Bootstrapper's Guide to Influencer Marketing course that has over two hours of content where I'll teach you the right way to start working with influencers, including how to outreach, prospect, and close deals and start developing more partnerships and building your influencer army. Go to partnerofprofits.com and get access now. Number five, interest aligns. By far my favorite factor to consider, and this goes back to are they mission-based and transactional, which is tip number three, but are they interest aligned with you? And somebody asked me um, recently, what's the future hold for influencer marketing? Because is it dying? Are there still room for people to be sponsoring shows? Where is it going? And what I said is that I continue to think that micro-influencers, micro-podcasters are going to play a bigger role in the general scheme of things as we continue to evolve the content creator space. So yes, there's still going to be celebrities and macro influencers who are available and you can pay absurd amounts of money and hope for the best, but potentially expect the worst. But I think that going forward, finding interest aligned influencers, content creators, podcast hosts are the ones you're going to want to tether yourself to and make strategic partnerships with. And I'll give you some examples of what are interest aligned deals. Now, before I say that, Keep in mind, for somebody to be interest aligned, they have to believe in the product to a certain level that they're willing to go this deep with you. And sometimes that's not the first level that they're going to step in with the relationship. So there have been times where somebody I know mission-based has treated it like a transactional process in the beginning. To get it off the ground, you got to pay to play, get the foot in the door, get the email answered, get that first test, get that first campaign live, and then provided you think that they're mission-based, continue to move them towards more interest-aligned deals, including deal restructuring, hybrid deals, et cetera. But here are the questions and here are the things that keep top of mind when working with a partner that I think have long-term dividends. 
are they willing to do a hybrid deal longer term? Again, forget about the initial phase because they don't necessarily know, like, or trust you just yet. And they, yeah, that has to be built. The trust is built. So yes, maybe not in the beginning, but overall, if you were to ask them, hey, if we're locking a longer term deal one day, would you be willing to do a hybrid deal? A mix of a bit of a commission and maybe less of a flat rate payment uh, in exchange for that commission. The other thing you can do is lock in long-term deals. Again, ask them in three months, provided the test is going well, would you be willing to lock in the rate you have on day 90 for the next 12 months if we locked in a 12-month deal or a 16-month deal? And heck, you can even go two or three-year deals if you really feel confident in that creator. Now, they're not going to lock in the price for three years because, of course, their audience is going to grow. So their CPM is also going to increase. But the majority of interest aligned partners will lock in deals for six to 12 months at a time and give you a really good rate because you're giving them a volume deal over a longer period of time as opposed to having to do churn and burn deals with other brands that maybe they don't believe in. Now, the other thing to ask is, provided you have a spokesperson, are they willing to have you on the show? Now, this has to be a really good fit. You don't want to just go into a show because they're hawking a product of some sort. It has to have a story that relates to the audience that they're storytelling to. But if they say they're not interested and in the event that it would have been a perfect fit, I would be less inclined to want to sponsor and work with somebody long term because, again, it moves towards more transactional rather than mission-based interest-aligned partnerships. And then big red flag, if they don't want to try your product, then Again, I don't want to be aligned with people who don't believe in the product because I think it actually comes across in, on the camera, in the audio. And overall, people just have the, their BS meters are getting really good these days. So if they're not somebody willing to invest in trying the product and becoming a super fan of it, then I would just move on. And then finally, there's other things we're going to talk about later on in, in future episodes about dynamic placements versus perpetuity or baked in ads. And this always evolves as different things come out with different brokers representing different talent. But overall, I want them to be reading their own ads. I don't want it to be a robotic AI thing reading an ad on their behalf. I want to make sure that they are reading the ads themselves. So there are so many more things that you can define for your company or your brand or your prospecting and search criteria. But just know that these are like five pillars. So just to reiterate, it's who else is advertising on their show, direct competitors, affinity brands, Number two, how much advertising is present on the show? Is it already saturated or is there room for more advertising and how does it feel? Number three, mission-based versus transactional. Number four, reviews, customer testimonials. How does their environment feel? What's their customer audience saying about them? And does it feel positive or negative? And is it in line with your core values and your mission? And then number five, are they interest aligned? Are they mission-based people that want to work with you longer term or are they just going to be cashing your check and not really caring about your show or their show with your sponsorship? So that's it. The number six one, the bonus that we mentioned at the beginning that I don't want to forget is retention rate. What's the retention rate of an advertiser on their show? Now, this is something you can't get, unfortunately, for free that I know of today. But in Magellan AI, which is a tool that I've invested in and I use and I've used for the past four years and counting, is an analytics platform using AI technology that analyzes all the ad reads, all the podcasts out there today. And it also measures how much retention rate any given show has for sponsorships. So what I look for here is did somebody sponsor the show for a month and then move on? And does that happen again and again? 
in that case, it means that people are trying to show, people aren't buying, and then the sponsorship's dropping off. So what I'm looking for is like a retention rate of like 30 to 50% at the very least, and upwards of 75% for the really good engaging shows. And that retention rate tells me that people are repeat buying sponsorships on that show and that it's working. So that's a big bonus. It does take, it's an enterprise level software to invest into. But if you're uh, moving into the scaling phase of podcast advertising, or you just want to get ahead of the curve and make sure that you're really investing in shows that make sense, this is a worthwhile investment. Again, it's Magellan AI. Tell them you're listening to the Partner Up Profits podcast. Give me some credit on that. But uh, they'll take you through a nice demo and they're always adding features and new benefits to podcast brands and companies looking to sponsor shows. So those are the top five important things to consider before sponsoring a podcast. If you got value from this, please like, subscribe, and share. And I'll see you on the next episode. Until then, take care. That's all we've got for this Partner Up Profits podcast episode. As always, I hope you leave here today with one new idea that you can apply to your life and business. I'd be forever grateful to you for leaving a review of this episode. And if you like it, rate it a five or give it a thumbs up and just leave a quick comment in iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you tune in to listen. Also, make sure to link up with us at partneruprofits.com on social media. And please just share, share, share this podcast with anyone who you think might enjoy it. Until next time, remember, you're just one partnership away from changing your business. Let others do the selling for you and get ready to partner up and profit.